Welcome to the Artifacts Forum podcast. This is a place designed by and for creative thinkers. I am your host, Marco Hernandez, and it is my hope that in the next 30 minutes, you'll be encouraged to create on a deeper level in your respective craft. Every episode, we'll interview a different type of creative and glean from their passion and their process. So strap in and prepare to be inspired. My guest today is Stephen Felix Yeager. He is assistant professor at Life Pacific University and chair of the Worship Arts and Media Program, an exhibiting conceptual art realist artist and practicing songwriting and producer. Stephen Felix Yeager has authored a number of books like Pentecostal Aesthetics, With God on Our Side, Spirit of the Arts, and Art Theory for a Global Pluralistic Age, and his forthcoming book. A Theology of Renewal Worship, which is due out in 2022. He is also the author of numerous scholarly journal articles about art, aesthetics, worship, and theology. Help me welcome Stephen Felix Yeager to the podcast. Hello. Thank you, Marco, for having me. Wonderful. I, I just uh, I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to, to join me in this conversation. Um, I just, I'm going to jump right in and just ask uh, uh, some questions and, and you could just uh, field those questions as you see fit. So the first question that I wanted to ask you, uh, Stephen, was what keeps you creatively motivated? So um, that's kind of a, yeah, that's the keeping me creatively motivated. I was thinking about this question. Um, it, it, you know, for me, it's, it's something like I, I I kind of have trouble thinking of like how I could not be creative. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, it's kind of part and parcel to who I am. Um, you know, I tell people before, um, before I'm a theologian or philosopher, um, before I'm anything else, really I am an artist. And I think of things um, through a creative lens in general. I think of God very abstractly. I think of, um, you know, uh, just, uh, the things that uh, that that affect me uh, very abstractly, and, and I understand that that's a um, that that's a, a personality thing, and I think, but I do think a lot of artists are like that, where there is a um, aspect about us where we can't really escape creative thought, and the problem is whenever we don't express that creative thought that we're feeling, we start I start getting depressed, I start getting messed up, like uh, like, uh, like emotionally messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, um, so for me, I think, I think everybody has the ability to be creative to, to at least some extent. And some people are predisposed to, um, to think in those terms, uh, first. And, uh, and that's definitely me. So it's hard to think about, you know, what motivates my creative thought, because it's just, it's always, it's ever present since I first started thinking. Yeah. No. So do you have a, a primary form of creative expression that you kind of rely on <clears throat> i know that you're a musician you're an, a visual artist and a painter yeah. there's so many other kind of facets to what you do do you yeah. find that you uh lean on one more than others is that the case yeah, with you? yeah. um yeah i i would say uh painting is um primary for me um like it's you know if you do things that are I guess multifaceted, um, like you write and you uh, uh, do art and music. And um, the only way I think it really works out 
is if they feed into each other, if they speak to each other, and if they're all part of the same creative process, just different elements of the same creative mm-hmm. process. So a lot of what I write about ends up in my paintings and a lot of what I, um, you know, like, and, and they end up in my songs. And then um, in the way that I'm inspired in different ways, you know, um, they, just, they just all feed into each other, they discuss to each other. I mean, I, I know I write about interdisciplinary stuff between art and music and Christian faith and um, and whatnot, but so it's kind of there, but even when I'm doing other stuff, like, I, you know, I wrote a paper on um, on the book of Revelation, the trumpets, I couldn't not see that as, you know, like an artistic thing. I, mm-hmm. I painted a series that had to do with that over COVID that had to do with the scenes that were like the trumpets. Like I, I painted that series, even though it was a paper and I teach it in my theology three class, you know? And so it's like, uh, they, they all, they all feed into each other. But I always come, I, I always come back to, um, it's like, if I don't write for a while, I'm okay. If I don't make a song for a while, I'm okay. If I don't paint for a while, I get messed up. So I think, okay. yeah, I think if any of them are foundational, it's probably painting. And you actually answered my second question, which was, um, how do your other interests inform your creative expression? Which obviously you're saying that one, one feeds the other and yeah. vice versa. Um, and do you find that if, if you take those three circles, right, your, your authorship, your uh, painting, your visual arts in that capacity, and your songwriting and music, um, do you find that at certain seasons, any one of those concentric circles will be larger than the other just by... Yeah by attention just the sheer attention that's being given to it at that moment for sure for sure, for sure. that's absolutely true um and so like uh like i i just finished the first draft of a manuscript for a book and so that's been eating up a lot of my time yeah and, I, uh, I saw um, that uh posting on facebook and i was super yeah. excited yeah yeah so. yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be cool but you know it's it's one of those that like i was doing that you know for for the school I work at, I, I chair the worship arts and media program. So we train worship pastors, but very, very broadly speaking. So that's why there's like so much artistic and musical stuff that's all kind of involved and wrapped up in that. Um, but we'll, we'll make albums and, um, and, you know, I'll produce these albums. So we produce this, uh, you know, Spanish EP where it's worship songs in Spanish. And um, so that was like right before that. And, um, but the whole time I'm, I'm painting stuff, but I don't have a show coming up. So I don't have like this pressure to, to like get a bunch of stuff done. Yeah. Like as I was finishing up the, um, the book, I was, uh, you know, I did probably in the last six weeks, I've done two paintings, which is slow for me. I usually do about one every two weeks and, um, like that's a regular flow. And so that means I had to take a step back to do that. And, um, and I was feeling it, you know? And so like I had to, I had to get back in the studio and, and do some paint. So, right. Do you set goals for yourself in the, in the studio? When you go into the studio, you want to come out with X, Y, Z. When, when yeah. you're in that creative process, do you set goals mm-hmm. for yourself? I want to hit these three canvases with a layer of paint or, you know, do this and write so many words on paper. 100%. You know, 100%. You know, what, what are those totally, goals? Yeah, that's totally how I function. I think this has to do with the personality type. If you're, um, so like it's it's you know like the the Myers Briggs and the, yeah um and the Enneagram is kind of like a Christian horoscope <laughs> you know but uh, they're helpful you know you can learn you learn about yourself so I'm a hardcore uh, J 
and Myers-Briggs, <laughs> a judgment one, and I'm a type one perfectionist. So that's like a really oh, like, <laughs> that's super duper goal oriented. Like that's like a hundred percent what I am. So I don't think it's like artists need to do that. I think art, a lot of artists, maybe even most of them, probably just go into the studio and just like feel and express and shoot from the hip. Um, but that's not how, like I, I feel like I have, I feel urgent, like I, I set a goal for myself and I feel an urgency to complete that. And then once that's complete, I feel a, a settling in, in myself, like in my soul. And I think that's how like these, you know, these J's function. It's like, it's like we're like, yeah. So, um, so like this painting right here, I'm working on, like there was layers I had to do. And, um, and I know that like, I know there's drying time, it's oil paint, you know what I'm saying? I know all that kind of stuff. So I know, so if I can get into the studio and be like, I can do this today and then right. I complete that, then I've accomplished, then I can feel that sense of settlement, even if it's an unfinished product. And right. um, so, so those small intermediary goals, um, you know, they work really well. And, and so I, I, you know, like deadlines and stuff are, uh, are good for me because I'm a J. So, um, but, you know, different people are, are different ways. So, right. you know, it's not so let's take that example of the, the, the paint drying and that in-between stage. It's you, you've reached that plateau or reached that step where you're okay to pull away because, you know, something needs to happen in order for the next step to take place. Yeah. What, what do you do at that point? Do you move on to another project? Do you have multiple projects happening at the same time? Or do you move into another facet of your creative expression? Do you start looking at music or, or writing or, you know, yeah. tell us a little bit about what happens for yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, uh, it, you know, I, that's, that's exactly what happens is um, so if I'm, if I'm, if I have like an impending, you know, art exhibition, I'll probably just move on to a different painting or, or something. So it, you know, and, and accomplish whatever goals those were. Um, now that I don't, I kind of do stuff differently. So like, so I know that, like I painted last night for a few hours and, and, um, and it, it ended up where it was supposed to be. And, um, and I want to kind of like glaze some layers on top of that. So it needs to be much more dry for me to do it. And so um, I really should wait until at least tomorrow. I thinned out the paint, so it's going to dry pretty quick, but it's going to still take right. at least until tomorrow. And so, um, so part of this is, is, you know, knowing your craft, knowing how your paint functions and stuff and, you know, putting in tons and tons of hours and work. So, you know, how like everything works and goes. And mm -hmm. um, so tonight I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be working on some music, mm -hmm. um, but that's, uh, you know, just a creative outlet, but, it's not ever set like it's you know like i'll just i'll have it i'll be doing it for one 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 day and then i'll decide you know okay at the end of it this is going to take an extra day so i'm gonna do something different tomorrow it's not like i'm planning out my my whole month or anything but um right. just those little bit of those little goals right before i get into the project really help mm -hmm. what have been the greatest uh creative obstacles for you um so one is kind of psychological emotional and then one of them is kind of like artistic blockage but the psychological emotional one is i think something that a lot of artists go through um certainly me it's like how you you question how many people are actually paying attention to what you're doing mm -hmm. and um that's tough because you're pouring in like everything you know into into this creative process and then you know you have to ask like do people really you know care um, is this something that they're, they're into? And so, um, kind of that 
lack of success really can hurt people. It, even if you're like, and, and so I think, so that's where it's like that, it's like a psychological toll and, and, you know, artists will talk to each other or whatever and um, define success differently and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think that has to be, you have to be counseled into that. You know what I'm saying? You have to be, you have to be told, you have to be shown what is, what is a level or a modicum of success because I think what our innate desire is, is we create something that's expressive of something very deep to us and we want people to care about it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so when we don't see that happening right away, it, it, uh, it you know, it can hurt. So yeah. that's kind of an ongoing. How, how do you overcome that? Or can you? I don't think you can totally overcome it. I think you just mature, you make a lot of friends that are artists. They're going through the same stuff as you, you know what I'm saying? So, um, so, so, talk so, to com- them. so community, basically finding support in the community. Of, of yeah. creatives. Yeah, for sure. That's really, really helpful because yeah. at least they'll care about what you're doing as you care about what they're doing. You know, you're mutually interested in what, what you got going on and uh, which has been really hard during COVID. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's been a really hard thing. Um, I think for, for that. Then the other thing is, um, you know, cause I work very conceptually. I ha- I have a big idea and just a running big idea. Like I use a lot of text and stuff in my, in my work because it, it deals a lot with interpretation, hermeneutics and whatnot when the well runs dry, when, when you've done a bunch of pieces or a bunch of things into, into this idea and you don't know where to approach next, mm-hmm. uh, that can be difficult. I think, especially for someone who works a little more conceptually, because you just want to, you just want to keep going. You just want to be productive and, and you want to get stuff out and, um, and let, let people see it and have dialogue or whatnot. So, um, so that's, that's something too, um, that that's just kind of like a regular. So, so when you get to that point where your creative tank is running low, mm-hmm. you know, what, what do you turn to, to refill it? Honestly, for me, so I, I know a lot of people don't like, um, like a, like a lot of folks would, would like, I can't think of nothing. So I'm just going to sketch or, or do something like that. Like I'll just do something that until something comes for me, for me, it's, I read a lot. You know, I read a whole lot. And so I read probably a book or two a week. And, um, and those things, uh, those things get me going because I, because I work conceptually. And so if I'm, right. if I'm dealing with ideas and stuff um, and, and, and reading and listening and, and learning, um, that's, that's where my inspiration goes. But I think it all depends on what type of artist you are. Do you see your work responding to culture or is it responding to something else? So I think every artwork always, I think, responds to the culture to some degree. I think it's, um, you know, we're, we're not, we're not, you know, in a vacuum. There's mm-hmm. always a context to everything that we do and why we're even thinking a certain way uh, of something, so, you know? So, um, uh, so for sure mine does, um, you know, like I, I, um, you know, I, I know my, my stuff can get pretty intellectual and heady, but it's rooted in real life experience. Um, and, you know, I'm, I say this all the time, but like um, I'm half Puerto Rican and half German. And mm-hmm. uh, but like it was it was like I, I was born in Germany and lived in Puerto Rico for one year, but mostly in Germany and moved to the States when I was six. And so I had to learn English, you know, at, when I was six and um, German was my first language. But then we moved to Florida. So I was around Puerto Ricans my entire life. So I'm, like even though German was my first language, my first memories, my ideas and stuff like that. Um, I'm very, very like much more in touch with my Puerto Rican family in, inside because um, I visited Germany back, but um, but still they're they're like all around me, and so there's this, this negotiation between cultures that um, that's very uh, you know prevalent in just like the way I live. So a lot of folks 
live in a bubble. And so do I. Everybody lives in a bubble. But mm-hmm. my bubble has to do with being a Puerto Rican and a German in the United States. Right. Um, and so, so that is, so, so my bubble has this idea of hybridity, like, um, and so, and so for me, when I use text and I use interpretation and understanding, it is clearly rooted from that, from even the very fact that I had to interpret my entire language, um, when I moved to the United States. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and so like, I didn't think about that when I was getting my ideas at first, but with, with some, some self-reflection, some introspection, you, you can you can see that like, yeah, it's totally my upbringing that that's that influences that. So it's, it's cultural for me, it's transcultural. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely got that, that conversation going. You mentioned that you're presently writing a book and now you've written other books as well as from what I, from what I understand, have they all dealt with the subject of aesthetics or theology of, of worship or things of that nature? Have, have you always looked at it from that perspective? And what, what is the, what is the focus of this new book that you do? Yeah. So they all hover around the same thing, just like my artistic practice and everything. Um, so, uh, um, this is actually going to be my fifth book oh, and, wow. um, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be with, uh, IVP academic, which I'm really excited about. They're an incredible publisher. So, um, so I've, you know, been really wanting to get into, into that crew for a while. And it's, um, it's a theology of renewal worship. So my faith tradition is a, a Pentecostal charismatic, um, uh, tradition and so um which is taking on a moniker of like uh you know renewals the universal outpour mm-hmm. just um so i'm really kind of focusing on, on a theology for that the book right before that though was called art it is called art theory for a global pluralistic age um subtitles the global artist and um, that was published with palgrave and it is um so it is not a theology book it's a strictly philosophical book and it has nothing to do with the christian faith it has to do with like under, using a hermeneutical process for understanding art around the world. And uh, in my, during my MFA, I was really interested in that because, you know, like the biggest thing that we're dealing with in the last, you know, 40 years has been the globalization of our, um, it's not the globalization of the world because the world is always global. It's really the globalization of our, of our thought, of our, of our understanding of our self-realization that the United States is part of a, a, a rich global tapestry of other countries and cultures and ideas. Um, and so um, how can we, you know, adequately identify, classify, and evaluate art, you know, across global? And, and you can see with my transcultural upbringing, it makes sense why I think about that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Because, you know, because it was all a translation for me. So that was that book. And then um, I, before that, I did one called Spirit of the Arts. And that was a pneumatological aesthetics of renewal. Which is um, which is a theological aesthetics, and the first book, I, and, and then I wrote another one about uh, Christian or, or uh, theology and rock and roll, and then uh, my first book was my dissertation that was published with Brilliant Academic. So um, uh, it's called Pentecostal Aesthetics. So they all deal with aesthetics, music, art, um, stuff like that. My my last question for you, um, one that I feel that's going to be just as important as everything that you've just answered, because it's going to help other people kind of ground themselves. What's the one thing that you would say to encourage other creatives? Well, I would say two things. Um, the first thing I would approach is, uh, you know, look at what Socrates told us to do, you know, millennia ago, uh, know thyself. And I think it's really important for us to know who we are, what our interests are, what's our upbringing, what things, you know, enrapture our minds and, 
and, and take all that kind of stuff. And, um, and cause this is, this is our, this is what's going to, uh, to uh, fund our creative bank accounts, I guess that it's, what's going to, um, it's, what's going to put in there is, is the stuff that we look when we're introspective, but not just introspective, like, you know, what about us speaking societally, you know, mm-hmm. you know using, using a word that's like, um, you know, speaking towards culture um, and, and towards the different things. So there's a lot of interesting conversations and dialogues that happen every day that we need to do. And, um, and if you're, if you're anything like me, then you feel like you have things to say and you want to say them. And so, um, and so one important thing is you, you got to know yourself and, and know what, what are those things? What fights are you picking? You can't pick every fight, but we can take one and really just kind of jump, jump right in and dive in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so that's the first thing is, is to know, know, know thyself. And the second thing is, you know, I feel very, very strongly that you know, God has given us different gifts to do. And, um, and if he's given us a gift, it wasn't an accident. You know what I mean? And so we got to, if, if you are so inclined artistically, you just got to do it. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's for, for money or, or not, you just got to do it. You got to get into that conversation. You don't know how you're going to affect other people in the world. You don't know how, how important that is for your soul, for your, for your own growth for your own edification for you to express yourself and, and you know if not everybody buys your stuff um you know like most of my stuff is not bought you know what i'm saying as, as an artist sure. um and you know like it's it's we do we just got to do it we got to express and we got to fight through you know any kind of disappointments that are going to do because um your whole life will be enriched by being able to view the world through a creative lens, through an artistic lens. Right. Um, so we're, we're not just looking at the facts, but we're looking at how the facts fit together and create something that's beautiful. If, you, if you're denying your self of the opportunity to express yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're a creative, when you deny yourself that, would you say that a certain part of you has now been cut off of Truly oh, yeah. worshiping God the way you're supposed to. Absolutely, because you know if God made us a certain way, uh, like I said, it's not an accident. So when you're, you know, if, if God gave me and you visual art gifts, uh, we got to do it. And and you know even if even if like and here's the thing too, I don't think that necessarily means that we have to be like uh, church artists, liturgical artists, painting on stage and and you know like doing that. Like is that awesome? Yes, but is that the only thing that we have to do? No. God has given us gifts to do things well. Jesus was a carpenter. He didn't only make stuff for the synagogue. You know what I'm saying? He made stuff for whoever you know, probably needed sure. chairs or tables or whatever. And so, um, so we just have to function in the way God has given us. It's like, it's like when, you, when you make something, you want it to function well. Uh, you know, and like you, you make a clock, you don't want it to just start ticking backwards or whatever. You want it to function well. Mm-hmm. And, and, and God made us with these gifts and stuff, we should function well. And, and even in that in itself, that is human flourishing. That is us being uh, what, what and who we are. And, um, and so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's an aspect of, even if like, you know, the song, the, the painting I have right now, it's, it's an abstract painting and it has the word problematize on it. There's, there's no overtly Christian idea behind it at all, but it comes from the, the depth of my, my thinking and thought and conceptual framework which is all part and parcel with my Christian faith as I go through this world. And so, um, so is it a direct message that's, that's missional? No, but it's indirect. If you go into it, then you are understanding something that I'm dealing with 
and, and we have a conversation that can lead to other different ways. God is relational in himself. You know, God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, there, there's a relationship that's going there. And God brings us into that relationship, draws us into that relationship too. And so everything is a relational thing. When our art can, can speak to other people, or we can have a relationship, you know, it's bringing the gospel is important to, to, to share the gospel, whatever. But we shouldn't discredit the fact of simply relating to people and letting those conversations and dialogues and relationships go wherever they may. We're all humans. We're all creations from God. We need to just go. We just need to do our things. Then we're honoring God. And, um, and, and you know, that's kind of like, I, I don't know what else would be a, to me, that looks like the eschaton. You know what I mean? That looks like, that looks like well, we're, we're functioning the way God has made us perfectly, relating right. to each other. You know, what is the great commandment? Love Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. What's the second? Love your neighbor like yourself. And so having these deep relations with each other and with God and just functioning and being Mm-hmm. And, and, and understanding things, I just think that's that, that's very, very right. And I think that's what God wants us uh, to do. Something that came to mind real quick was, uh, I can't quote it verbatim, but I could paraphrase it. It was a quote from uh, Charles Spurgeon, who said, a good shoemaker make good shoes. You know, it doesn't mean that he's good because he's following God, or that his shoes are good because he's following God. He makes good shoes. You know, right. so he he's doing the product and he's taking the time and energy to make a good shoe. And that's mm-hmm. what makes a good shoemaker. And yeah. so I think what I'm hearing you saying is to be uh, in, in your creative expressions, be good at what you do. Spend right. the time, you know, do what you, what you know you've been gifted to do and do it well. And, and challenge yourself to grow in doing well. And in doing well, you actually do your neighbor well. Yeah. So those that are around you now can participate in the byproduct of our doing well with yeah. what has been given to us. It's human you know, flourishing. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so um, it's just kind of like this trickle-down effect. The more uh, intense you are about how much you want to grow in your craft and your ability, whether it's your plumber or an electrician or musician or whatever it is, you know, the more you give yourself to being the best that you can be, the, the better you'll be able to serve people. Yeah. And that's phenomenal. I mean, so it's always coming back to this idea of serving others. And, you know, art, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to discredit uh, liturgical art, art for the church. Um, that's very, very important. When we do that, we do art that's in service. So it's mm-hmm. not art for art's sake, it's art in service to the church. And, and yeah. there is a place and for that, and we need to do that. I mean, I, I, like I chair the Worship Arts and Media Program, that's literally what it's all about. Um, but then there's also art that's not, you know, in service of the church, that's an expression of itself. Yeah. And that, that thing can all, but the thing is that those are also helping our flourishing. Those are also helping the dialogue and helping going in and so the point is just be creative in lots of different ways. Sure, Do your thing, sure. you know what I'm saying? Like, like inside the church, outside the church, you know, speak to, speak to Christians directly what's going on. Speak to non-Christians directly of what's going on. It doesn't, doesn't even matter. Like speak to everybody. God, you know what I'm saying? Like that. Yeah. we're relational beings made in the image of God to be relational as well. And, and, um, and we just need to. Um, we just need to do it. Let ourselves. There, work. Let ourselves I know I've experienced this as a, as a creative, as an artist and um, as a believer um, is this. Uh, and it's taken years to get to this point, you know, 
just because there was in certain circles of faith, the arts or the people who are creative are often looked at as odd, like eccentric, yeah, eccentric, not, they don't, they don't fall in line. We're not linear thinkers per se, Mm -hmm. you know, we, uh, often think outside the box and so that you can't quite place a creative or all creatives in one room and expect them all to come out with the same idea that's just not going to happen yeah um what would you say to that to that individual artist to that creative that feels that their creative expression um and their faith are right now disconnected that there's just feels like they're not connected right now and Mm -hmm. um how can they find some resolution to understanding how that, that connection is there, whether they see that or not? Well, first, um, I think the, the notion that, you know, we're these, you know, artists are these eccentric beings that um, kind of have a thought pattern in a different way. There's, there is truth in the idea that, that artists approach life and thought, you know, from an, maybe an abstract standpoint. Um, whereas others take a concrete standpoint, but it's not like those who take a concrete standpoint don't think abstractly. And it's not like artists don't think concretely. We're all human. We all think the same way. And so that, that notion is really this, um, this, uh, hangover from, uh, romanticism, like the the romantic notion that there's a Beethoven or there's a Lord Byron. There's all these people that like you, you're this tortured soul and no one can understand you except other artists and just the sheer genius that comes out of you. Like those. You know, I think maybe that's just people being a little bit, um, you know, a, a little, a little uh, self-interested to the point that they let themselves get away with stuff that they knew that wasn't even there. Sure, sure. But, but there, so there is that. So, um, but so the second thing I would say is, is, is that that idea. We're all, we're all function in the abstract, in the concrete. All mm-hmm. of us do that. We mm-hmm. artists tend to take the abstract route, even though I'm, you know, type one J, like I'm very organized and stuff like that. All of my thought, all of it begins with that abstract, that big picture thinking, thinking my head in the clouds, all my, like, all that's how all my thought, why? Because I'm an artist. That's how right. artists go. You know what I mean? So there isn't a, like a perfect brochure of how artists think and act. Um, I think the the main thing is our whole lives, we're holistic beings. Things are much more integrated than we want to admit. And, um, and, and assume, uh, you know, our, our, our everyday lives are spiritual and deep and transcendent. Our, our transcendent moments are embodied and here with us, you know, in, in, in the now, you know, our abstract thought is concrete and our concrete thought is abstract. So it's just a matter of, of, of knowing that it's already there and then just diving in. What you're doing is, um, is a spiritual act because even if you're painting a, a mural for you know, a preschool or something. Uh, if you're functioning in the gift that God has given you, then there is a spiritual act of service that's going on. If you're working on a conceptual piece, then there's a spiritual act that's going on. If you're working on music or whatever. And so we just have to, I, I don't think it's not so much of a, of a, how do you connect them? The thing is they are connected. It's right. realizing how they're connected. Thank you for joining us today. My hope is that the conversations you hear on this podcast inspire you in your own creative journeys. I'd love to hear your comments about what you've heard. Connect with us on social media and share your thoughts. Support us by subscribing, rating, and sharing this podcast. So until next time, stay inspired and keep creating.